0: Welcome to a very special episode number 52 of Personalities at Kerry. We are in conversation with two inseparable friends who just refused to do this podcast on their own and wanted to do it together. It's Ryan Kelkar and Bobby Yap. Ryan has an engineering background and has worked at petroleum companies in the past. His concentrations right now are marketing and business analytics. And he interned at Bank of America over the summer of 2018 Bobby on the other hand is concentrating in finance supply chain and he's trying to do a consulting specialization as well Bobby has worked at insurance companies and Starbucks before coming to WP Carey and he interned at Honeywell over the summer of 2018 now let's get right into our conversation with these two gentlemen Hello everyone. Welcome to Personalities at Carry. We are on episode 52 and this is a special one because we have two guests in the room. One is Ryan Kelkar. Say hi to our friends.
1: Hey guys. What's up?
0: And the other one is Bobby Yap. Uncle Bob reporting in. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so uh, I'm going to ask a question to both of you and hopefully you'll answer one after the other. All right. Uh, so Ryan, uh, what's your background? Where do you come from? What brought you to the WP Carry MBA? Yeah, so
1: my background is petroleum engineering. I worked in uh, oil and gas for about three years. Uh, I was working in Houston, and uh, one of the reasons I decided to pursue my MBA was because uh, I was very often siloed in engineering roles, and I felt like I wanted to get an opportunity to expand and have more opportunities.
2: Yeah, and uh, my background is in... Employee Benefits Consulting. I was doing that prior to coming to the MBA program. Uh, before that, I was working in management at Starbucks, and I was also a drummer in a rock band. Nice. Um, but okay. <laughs> But uh, my, uh, my reason for coming back to uh, get an MBA was I, was I really wanted to transition to a uh, world of traditional finance. So where, where I was working before was considered financial services, but very niche. And I wanted to take the experiences as in both an analyst and a manager there, um, and then apply those transferable skills to a more traditional finance role.
0: Okay. So since it's been a year and a half since you've been at the MBA, can you just summarize your experience? How has it been? Has something exceeded your expectations?
1: Um, I would say it's, it's been great in regards to the people I've met, uh, in regards to just some like the interesting ideas that I hear. I mean, honestly, uh, being friends with Bobby, uh, you hear something insane every single day, uh, that you never would have thought of <laughs> before. Uh, so that in and of itself is an experience that, uh, I'll certainly cherish. Yeah.
2: I mean, I agree. My, um, I'd say that, you know, being around Ryan as one of the biggest highlights, uh, in the NBA program for me, because, you know, when we when we come together, we just we have some crazy synergies.
0: You There's know? the magic that goes on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
2: Um, but, you know, in addition to that, uh, I'd say a lot of things exceeded my expectations from the program. So one of the things for me was the amount of care that, you know, career services and everyone in the department has taken our, uh, you know, our what we want as students right mm-hmm. like our education and like our job search and everything and really have just made it so personalized and that for me since the beginning when i applied that's always been the case and uh it's one of the most important things here
0: okay and uh so given that we are in the second year how has your experience in the first year been a lot of people say that it's uh, very tough in terms of how many things we have to do in the first year uh have you felt that kind of stress
2: Uh, (laughs) I'll say, I'll say this, um, you know, I, I think about that a lot, right? I'm like, huh, second year, not as hard as the first year. And I don't know if it's, uh, if it's the first reason, which I thought of maybe it's because we've learned to, uh, not read all the stuff that we're supposed to read and just read the important things and get to the point. See, that's like, that's an
1: important manager trick. I mean, in a sense, because like. If you are manager, you're getting emails all the time, you know, blast it. And you got you to filter all that information down to, like, what's important. So, really, that's a that's a crucial skill to have. Yeah. You know, they, they chide you for not reading all the material in school. But, really, that's the most critical skills. How do I get all the information, most of the information I can? <laughs> in less, with, than with, with less than 30 minutes. In less than 30 minutes. So, that, that I, I mean, I'm, I
2: really think that that might be the reason why news seems a little bit more, uh, uh just, a, you know, more, uh, I guess I guess easier right, right. than the first year um, I wouldn't say that the coursework is easier the coursework if anything would be harder because mm-hmm. it builds right like if you're in like a whatever concentration you know a lot of the classes would have prerequisites so it's, it's building mm-hmm. so if anything classes are harder and like sometimes I'm in class I'm like oh sh- like how do I know this you know, okay. It's like, oh, wow. So it's
0: it's more like you've uh, learned to manage your the expectations of how how you need to learn from the course. Yeah, that it, makes it easier. Yeah, or okay.
2: or and and you learn. I guess maybe maybe it's the learning factor too, mm-hmm. right? So that was the second thing I was gonna say is maybe you know going through the first the rigors of the first year, you you have to learn things very quickly. So then by the time you're in your second year you have this, like, faster learning capability. I mean, at least that's how I feel for myself. I so you feel like you've gotten smarter since this MBA program I has like, started? I feel like I've gotten smarter. <laughs> okay.
1: Many people will debate that issue. <laughs> we'll leave it there. Yeah, I feel like for me personally, uh, I think one of the biggest issues I have with the first year in comparison to the second year was the first year they did a lot of group projects. It's like every single assignment was group work, whereas now I feel like in the classes that we have, We don't have as much group work. Like things are more individualized, and things just go a lot faster when you're not doing everything by committee.
2: Mm -hmm. I mean, you know what they say if you want something right, do it yourself. (laughs) But I mean,
1: (laughs) who says that? (laughs) (laughs) Who says that? No, I mean, Is that really, like a Bobby App yeah yeah quote? I you mean, just quoted yourself? I
0: quoted, quoted myself on that I think one. there's a song there's by Lynn Biscuit, which, like, boiler or something. <laughs> 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 that <Yeah>. says that. <laughs> sure. No, but I agree with <laughs> it.
2: There, I think there's certain instances where <laughs> t- teamwork is very necessary, collaboration and all that, uh, but, like, also sometimes it, it's just you might have to do things yourself and being on a team, especially with... Sometimes you might be on a team with people who um, maybe detract or are not contributing as much and it just kind of wastes a lot of time when you're like, wait, I could just do this myself. And also so scheduling isn't mm-hmm. is yeah, important. Exactly. Yeah, that too. yeah, Okay.
0: So both of you kind of came into the MBA with a certain idea of what concentrations you're going to do. So What were those and then have you changed your mind and have you gone with different concentrations? What are you doing so far?
1: Yeah, so I did, I was pretty dead set on doing business analytics and then I wanted to do either supply chain or marketing and uh, I guess I surprised myself by doing marketing instead of supply chain because because engineering backgrounds, they generally gravitate towards supply chain. But uh, one of the things I really was attracted to with marketing was the creativity and sort of the broad set of problems that you could address. Uh, so that was, that was something that definitely surprised me.
2: Yeah, so me, I went in with finance. Uh, that's always been my main concentration, and I stuck to it. Um, I also... Uh, like to, you know, take on more than I can handle usually. Um, so I, uh, wanted to add two more concentration, but I wasn't sure which ones those were. So I, at first I was like, okay, I'm going to do finance and maybe business analytics. And then, uh, business analytics just seemed really boring to me. Wow, okay. um, no, <laughs> that's all right, but, um, I want to do something that, uh, that was, that would have like a, you know, that would have a, a capstone at the end of the, the year something that where I can learn a bunch of different functions in this concentration and then apply it in a real world setting. So naturally, it gravitates to supply chain. <laughs> Additionally, though, the reason why I wanted to do supply chain was uh, also as as a uh, I mean, if when employers see you know ASU with supply chain, we're known as a supply chain <laughs> school. So in the case that I somehow don't have a job, I think it increases my chances of getting a job when it has supply chain next it. Okay. So that's another reason. I also enjoy
0: the coursework too. Just thought I'd add that in there. <laughs>
2: all
0: right. And of all the courses you've taken so far, what's your favorite one? Something you would recommend others to mm. do? Good question. Man. There's That's a good lot. Good question. And we have to pick just one. Yeah. All right. Uh, or if you want to just say this is the favorite and then there's a couple others that you want to just plug.
1: Yeah. Uh, I really enjoy uh, Morales' marketing class. Uh, that was sort of sealed the deal for me for getting into marketing. And then the other one I really enjoyed was Bart's class. Yeah. I agree uh, that that's uh what's, what's, what's the so, called? Economics. Yeah, macro. So
2: it's the opposite of, of
1: uh, Hector's class. E- right eight. okay <laughs> what's that no we're not we're not going
2: there <laughs> no, no. no i mean in regard not in regards to the funness factor uh, i mean th- maybe that someone could argue that but uh in regards for it was like more focusing on macro trends mm-hmm. in the economy and uh yeah what's the
1: class called though uh, it's, it's macroeconomics is it just macroeconomics I mean,
2: technically i think it was like
1: it was like economics like if someone listened to this and they wanted to take that class what would the class call, be called it wasn't, it wasn't
2: technically called macroeconomics. Yeah. You well, so, Anyways. they'll be able to figure it yeah. out. All right. So, just Bart, Bart Hoban, that's his name. Okay. Great right. teacher. Yeah. What
0: about you? Uh, so, so my
2: number one is Bart's class for sure. Okay. Um, so we both agree on that one. Um, if I had to pick a second one, I honestly, I would say a uh, managerial accounting mm-hmm. with Hill Guys. Oh that, yeah, that was good. That was one of the most important classes that I've taken and uh, I really enjoyed it. Didn't, didn't do the best in that class, <laughs> but, uh. Still enjoyed it, Never nevertheless. You know, yeah, he, did, he yeah.
1: didn't invent his own accounting methods, actually. And yeah, uh, he paid the price for it. That's right, yeah. I actually <laughs> uh, came
2: up with my own uh, way of solving some of the problems. Uh, I like to call it the ass-backwards accounting method. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Nobel Prize winning, actually. And, um, and then, you know, and then, he, then, he, bombed, then he bombed
1: the final. So, yeah. obviously, Bobby's Nobel Prize wasn't really worth too much. <laughs> I did get some problems with the use that <laughs> method. It's a very
2: short-sighted... Uh,
1: you know, a solution around the... Yeah, because if there's one one field that obviously requires innovation, it's accounting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. leave it up to me for that. All right. Then now, going back to your internship, how you got to your internship last year, how was your experience searching for an internship and how do you finally get your internship?
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, I just, I went to a lot of the info sessions that they had on campus, Lunch and Learns, Uh, Wasn't really successful in the first half, Um, but uh, I'll say that the spring to success uh, helped a lot Mm -hmm. uh, in regards to getting interviews and, you know, having that practice, going to the mock interviews with career services, even practicing with Ryan here. You know, um, I I, I feel like, you know, one one of the biggest takeaways for that for me was when you practice with your your real friends, they're really they're like the worst interview. Like they're they're going to really challenge you because they know you so well. So I think that's really good practice if, mm-hmm. you know, everyone gets a chance for that. And um, so I ended up interning at Honeywell mm-hmm. uh, working in, and I was actually surprised uh, because the way that they um, advertised the mm-hmm. uh, job description wasn't really, didn't seem exciting to me. Um, and then that turned out to be, you know, as it got closer to me, I was like, okay, well, this is kind of like the only great, like really good option I have. So I went with it. And surprisingly, when I got there, they tailored a lot of the projects towards my concentration. So finance... At supply chain. I'm also doing consulting as well, but mm-hmm. um, the main ones were finance and supply chain and I ended up working in their integrated supply chain department uh, focusing uh, on supplier management, mm-hmm. uh, working with uh, negotiating with uh, global suppliers, and then I also worked in their um, in their investment, ba- well not investment banking division, <laughs> but their um, mergers and acquisitions okay. department on the buy side and help them With a multi billion dollar decision on whether we were going to acquire a a supplier that was also a competitor as well. There was kind of a dual function. So that was a big learning experience for me and I really enjoyed it.
0: Okay. How about you? Uh,
1: So basically, I got my internship with uh, B of A pretty early in my first year and uh, ended up accepting that one. Um, So my internship primarily. Ball around compliance issues. So, uh, I was in their Charlotte office. So, that's uh, where most of their stuff for consumer banking goes. So, like every, all the little branches you see for Bank of America, they effectively send most of their information back to Charlotte. And we, uh, so my initial uh, internship job wasn't particularly interesting. Uh, I wasn't like Bobby over here doing billion dollar deals. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh, But one of the projects, I found an opportunity to actually really help them by, uh, they had this issue with their complaint data, where uh, they were getting a lot of different complaints from uh, their branches and stuff from different customers, but the biggest issue was they didn't know which ones were regulatory issues and which ones weren't, uh, because it would all just be in one giant sort of Excel file, effectively. So uh, I used some of the skills I learned from uh, my business analytics course. Uh, well, it's funny because Ryan. Thought, okay. Like, okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, okay. Hey, wait, wait, wait <laughs> All right. Bobby was hating on the business analytics. <laughs> right I, I want to sh- demonstrate here how important it is. Okay. I did some Python analysis of the text of the complaint, and I was able to classify whether or not it was a regulatory issue or not a regulatory issue. So they were able to like sort of just automate their process <laughs> and clean their data, uh, and so that they could track better for each different category, which ones like had the larger percentage of regulatory issues versus other categories. And, uh, yeah. So uh, they really loved it. Really enjoyed it. Uh, probably be going back there next year. Thanks. Nice. Well, it's funny because,
2: uh, over the summer, you know, we talked over the phone and, um, you know, he's explaining to me his project and all that. And he's like, yeah, so, uh, you know, and then I, I, ended up doing this like side project that I created for them, uh, using Python. I was like, wait, what did, wait, you haven't taken the Python class yet. Though. And he's like, Oh, no, I taught myself it over over the past like few weeks, uh, or months, I should say. And I was like, wait, so you taught yourself Python, and you created another project on top of your current project, and then showed them something that they've never seen before. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah you want to take those extra steps to make sure that others are impressed by the WP carry brand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And um, so you've spent some time at school, you've attended a bunch of events and what, you know, students are organizing for each other. Has there been any event that has kind of stood out? You've been like, oh, this was amazing. I learned a lot just from hanging out with students. Like
2: social events or like uh, Both. Like business. sometimes
0: there are like people who are brought in from outside. Oh, okay. for guests, you know, And then sometimes we're just teaching each other like Chenzi holds a, uh, you know, lunch and lunch or whatever. Oh, okay. So things like that. Yeah, I'm trying
1: to like, think of, like, any, like, really fascinating talks that I went to. There have been, like, some pretty interesting... Like, there's a lot, of, obviously, going on with blockchain and stuff like that. There have been, like, some interesting talks I've seen about that.
2: Finance Club has brought in some good...
1: Speakers, yeah. Oh, right? yeah. There yeah. was the guy, that the M&A oh, yeah. person for finance. He was really interesting. Yeah. I actually really liked him.
2: Yeah. He, he... So, just to really... Just to add on to that, I really enjoyed this talk. I forget what the guy's name was, but he worked for a, a local... M and A, uh, or investment bank, focusing on M and A uh, on the buy side. I think. Yeah. And uh, he actually had some. He was like the most I would say like real speaker yeah. that I've seen in a while because he was like, "Okay, guys, like, here's what people think we do, right? And here's what we actually mm. do." And then gave us some good advice because this is when we're looking for internships. And I remember, I'll never forget this, but one of the pieces of advice he gave us was, "He's like, hey, like, you know, I wanted to work at this investment banking firm and." They didn't hire me, so I literally bugged them until and like made them hire me. Like, I would call them every single day until they hired me. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, you know, that was just something, you know, not sure if everyone does that, but mm-hmm. I, mean, I think it's a good strategy, right? Yeah. Just keep knocking until they say no.
0: Okay. When you have time outside of uh, school work, we have leisure time. What are your hobbies? What do you find yourself doing?
1: Uh, I really like reading. I mm-hmm. uh, enjoy reading a lot of nonfiction books, uh, generally, anything on the New York Times. Seller was for nonfiction. I generally am reading, uh, yeah, just expanding. I feel like that really helps me, uh, give a lot of like context to some like my business school work because like I like know more about like current events or like different uh, scenarios. Like currently reading this book called uh, Barbarians at the Gate, which is uh, it's about a leverage buyout of uh RJ Nabisco. And so, uh, you know, now I'm in an evaluations class, so I get to like you know have some more context and sort of story behind like some of the. The numbers, I guess so that's something I enjoy doing.
2: Yeah for me. I would say the main thing I like doing outside of school is uh, Music right so as I mentioned before um, Played drums uh, for many years and to this day I Continue to play uh, Practice and then you'll just find me on YouTube, you know watching mm-hmm. videos to drummers and learning different techniques and all that So that's that's my real passion, passion. you know
0: Okay, uh, you talked about books. So do you have a book to recommend? Maybe a favorite book or book series?
1: Oh, yeah. Let's see here. Well, it depends on what you're into. Uh, one book that I really enjoyed uh, that read about, like, two years ago, it's kind of like, like a history of the world sort of thing. It's called uh, Sapiens by a guy named Yubo Harari. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not too long of a read. and It's not too dense. It's, like, uh, so I think most people will probably enjoy reading that book. Uh The book I'm currently reading, "Barbarians of the Gay, is actually really funny. Uh, It's actually really well written, has like a nice narrative format to it that uh, I think most, some people, when they read nonfiction, have a tendency to get overwhelmed if it's just like a bunch of facts and data as a table, but like this one has more of like a story behind it, so it's a lot easier to read for people that uh, are more accustomed to, say, novels or
0: something like Mm -hmm. that. Do you have any books to recommend? Yeah, I'm not much of a reader. Um, (laughs) You don't say, Bobby. (laughs) Remember when I started
2: reading, paraphrasing, and (laughs) finding What you need to know. You read the first sentence and the last
0: sentence. Uh, What about movies you guys have? Favorite movies? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Bobby has great movie suggestions. (laughs) So, yeah, that's another thing I like to do is uh, I'm into... uh, film you know like just watch it i i am into watching movies director you know i'm the kind of person like you know if i see a movie and i really like i'll like research the director right, and watch like all of his movies and, or her movies and uh yeah um i don't know like if i had to pick i see i i everyone's like, what's your favorite movie there's so many different genres mm-hmm. that it's, it's hard to pick but um can i do like a top three maybe sure, sure. okay so like my top three would probably be uh Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. first in the Angel. You big Harrison Ford guy. I've noticed. I noticed. Big Harrison Ford guy. Um, I would say uh, Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, Wes Anderson mm-hmm. film. Oh, okay, it's uh, my, one of my favorites.
1: And um, man,
2: maybe Pulp Fiction.
1: I mm-hmm. think like the Last Jedi. No, 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 Revenge. What's the second movie in the original series? Uh, Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes yeah, Back. That's my favorite Star Wars movie. Is Big Star Wars fan,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. didn't want to reveal that, uh, but now that Ryan brought it up, I guess everyone knows.
0: Uh, it's not what? a shameful thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know why you're, like, you're so ashamed of
1: Like, of all the things you've said so far, no, you this is the most shameful thing. No, you don't know, you know <laughs> understand how obsessed so, so I am, like, since I was, like, five, so.
0: Okay. That's... What about your favorite movies? Uh,
1: I'd probably say, big fan of Fight Club, mm-hmm. uh, Edward Norton, really gets to me, uh... Really enjoy nice abs in that movie too. What well, he? Like did. Brad. Well, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt had, Brad Pitt had, the had nice better abs, abs yeah. but let's let be real. Look, yeah. I'm not. It's not about the body. Here. Oh. Okay, I'm more about the integrity of the actor, Bobby. Okay. Oh, I some you... people actually watch movies for that and not just looks. Oh, I thought okay? that's what everyone watched <laughs> okay. for. <before>. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah Fight Club. Bro. Jared Leto was in that movie, by the way. I don't. I, I, Jared Leto is in every movie. surprisingly. Yeah, so. I find out later. <laughs>
0: um uh, what music uh your favorite artist or a genre of music oh, that's a
2: tough one Lot well, again a lot of choices for me mm-hmm. um i would say my top two favorite uh is probably uh, progressive rock or all types of progressive whether it's rock jazz or, or metal but anything progressive i like because uh it's very exact there's many complexities in regards to time signature changes and um for me, I like that because it's it's like a mathematical approach to to music, and mm-hmm. it's very different than a typical, uh, I guess you could say, straightforward uh, popular song that you'll mm-hmm. hear on the on the radio, or whatever. Uh, don't get me wrong, I like those songs too, but I like li- you know listening to really complex uh, complex written music in that sense. Um, I also really enjoy jazz, to jazz fusion to be exact. Um, I like jazz fusion because of the pocket drumming that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really funky at times and also the innovation in regards to improvisation so having the chemistry with other musicians and learning how to read uh, what they're doing and Mm -hmm. seeing and being able to react um, at a moment's notice so that's one of the core elements of
0: jazz and I I really enjoy that. So with someone like uh, maybe Tool or Dream Dream Theater? I
2: would say Dream Theater is probably my favorite progressive band I love Tool. As well, Um, yeah. So I would say, like, from a rock, progressive rock standpoint, and then looking at maybe a fusion uh, type of group, I would say like Dave Weckl group is Mm -hmm. like one of my favorite. Also, the Pat Metheny group Um, they're they're really good in regards to just uh,
1: hearing that like improv, you know, jazz like uh, jazz feel. Ryan, Uh, yeah, I'm really into. Uh, pretty much everything that's the opposite of Bobby uh really mostly popular music uh Kesha big fan of hers uh you know it's it's like generally like it's kind of depends on the mood I'm in also like what exactly I'm trying to do uh so if I'm like studying or if I was like since I've I sort of more recently gone into programming uh I, uh, I generally like to listen to, like music that's like really loud and repetitive because mm-hmm. like then you can kind of tune out a little bit like while you're working on something. If like something is like changing tempo like regularly, that kind of like distracts you mm-hmm. and like you'll be you won't be able to focus on like whatever you're doing. Uh, so yeah, Kesha is perfect for that. Really, Kesha is kind of perfect for every move. But uh, I agree with that. Shit.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, shut up, Bobby. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You guys watch our binge any TV shows?
2: I mean, not for me, not really. You know, I'm that, you know how like every time you're in a conversation and there's always that person that brings up, that starts talking about a TV show, Mm -hmm. then you kind of feel like, oh no, like I don't want them to know I don't watch it, but I don't want to say anything. (laughs) Then they go, oh, hey, do you watch that show? And you're like,
0: yeah, "Yeah,
2: I've seen a few episodes, (laughs) but you really haven't seen any of them. Mm -hmm. That's usually my case. (laughs) Um, If I had to pick one show that I regularly watch,
1: yeah, I've actually caught Bobby in that lie several times. Uh, like, Bobby will just start making up characters as he's, like, describing the show. And I'm like, that, that, that's not even in that show. Oh, I he'll know. say,
2: like, remember when this happened? I'll go, yeah. And he goes, yeah, that never happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, if I had to pick, like, I mean, for me, the shows that I regularly will watch uh, season by season basis would probably be Game of Thrones, just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Better Call Saul. I actually really mm-hmm. enjoy that series. Um, because I was a huge fan of Breaking Bad when mm-hmm. it was out, so like I would say those two are like the only ones I really follow.
0: Okay, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, as of recently, I haven't really been binge watching any television shows. Uh, I really enjoyed, I uh, said Breaking Bad. Um, I watched them like the Netflix original shows uh, recently. Uh, the most, I think, the most recent show I binge watched was uh, 13 Reasons Why, uh, which I'm a little bit ashamed of. I uh, started that first episode, and uh, it just went to the second episode, then the third episode, I'm like, wow, I'm actually, I'm doing it. I'm watching this show now. (laughs) And uh, every episode, I just felt more and more ashamed of myself. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, in terms of shameful things, we've watched uh, Empire Strikes Back versus 13 Reasons Why. I definitely think (laughs) i won that award.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One
2: show I I do want to say that... um... I was a big fan of, it uh, came out in the 90s, and they actually just brought back for the third season last, I think they finished it last year, uh, it was a show called Twin Peaks. Ah, um, I've heard about this, yeah. yeah. It's, for those of you guys who know about it, know obviously it's like really, I think it's pretty underrated, but for those Is of you that David into, Lynch? Yeah, yeah, David Lynch, one yeah. of my favorite directors. Um, this was actually uh, a two season show that he started back in the early 90s, mm-hmm. and they brought it back for a third season recently, so mm-hmm. I would recommend watching it it's not that it's the only three seasons uh, but very very underrated yeah,
1: yeah i've heard great things
2: yeah
0: if you guys had to pick one person from history that you'd like to have coffee with and chat uh, who would that person be
1: yeah this question seems to uh, wait no what's well okay so oh, like right, okay. right, we right, need to right. go on a side story here yeah. because this this question is dangerous yeah very my, it's dangerous.
2: you gotta have okay so <laughs> i'm telling you right now when you ask this question you have to have like certain
1: No, like okay, you
2: can't say this person or this person or this group of people because as an NBA ambassador, I've asked this question or something similar to it. It's like you know, if you could meet somebody or whatever, or like who's a great leader, or who would you have on your team? That's the question. Is if you could pick someone dead or alive, right, that could be on your team, Mm. who would that be? Surprisingly, a lot of people answer Adolf Hitler. And I, I, that just threw me off. Like, when I asked that question as an NBA ambassador, like, people would say that. I'm like, wait, what? Wait, can you say that? Like, did they really just say that? So I'll just preface it with this. Um, definitely not that person. But okay. when you ask that question, Excellent answer, yeah, you have to, you have to, uh, I just think it's smart, you know, to say, like, not these people because it just makes the interviewer like totally caught off guard and you don't really know how to follow up from that. Yeah. So that's, that's <laughs> it has
1: been advice. Like going forward, anyone listening to this podcast is thinking about applying to WC. Uh, don't say Adolf Hitler when you hear that question. I haven't <laughs> yeah. had anyone say Adolf Hitler so far. So. Yeah. I've had like know. five people say it. <laughs> <Okay>. Dude, <laughs> it's like a trend. Something about you just makes me want to say, like, like, I think it's like you're controversial, so it's like the people are probably like, and then you're like, ah, yeah, I'm about to drop this one. Yeah, he'll like, <laughs> like this, he'll this one. He'll like I'm this one. Like, <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> I'm not going to give him a bit on that. All right, so who's yours then? Oh, uh, man. Um, you can tell us why as well. Like, what, what are you curious about and things like that about their lives? Yeah,
1: um... I can go first if you want to. Alright. Mine is uh, Julius Caesar. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just found I'm recently reading like a lot about Julius Caesar and I just think like the guy's super interesting, just did a lot of things, was in a lot of battles. Don't know how he died. I don't know how... He was stabbed. He was in the well, well, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm not Murray like... Brutus. Not like I'm, in that I, sense. I mean, like, uh, don't know how he uh, died uh, in all the battles he was in. Uh, yeah, because like he was oh, in, like... How, oh, I thought... I yeah, yeah, in, like, yeah, How yeah. he didn't die. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And... Because uh, he was like in like at least 50 battles. And he was like always a guy... Like, he, he has like a lot of leadership tendencies that I really think are, like, are very admirable. He was always uh, right there within the front lines uh, making commands. Never was, you know... Uh, armchair general, and uh, just some of his like tactics were really interesting. Uh, there's like a lot of just like just very interesting stories in regards to him, and like some like strategy and like political maneuvering that he did. Um, so that was something I would, I would definitely want to meet. Uh, hopefully, I had like a translator that could speak Latin <laughs> because uh, I wouldn't be able to understand him otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, um,
2: I don't know. That's there's there's a few people uh, that are. Did they have to be alive or dead? No, no, yeah, up to I mean, you. usually when you pick a dead person, and it's, it has more impact, right? Because it's like
0: <laughs> you're not trying know. to make an impact. You just yeah. know what. To... <laughs> <We're> really, <laughs> try to turn this around. Aren't you? <laughs> uh, I
2: think for me, I probably, I probably pick Martin Luther King Jr. Okay, um, he just you know what he did for this country from a you know civil rights standpoint was just revolutionary and it's something that i think um a lot of people can take some lesson from in regards to you know if there's something not right that a that that a group you know like a like the nation all a group like it's instituted right it's Mm -hmm. not right and standing up for what's not right in the face of adversity i think is very important and something that more people should learn from right Mm -hmm. instead of just going with whatever the group says Mm -hmm. is the norm right um another Mm -hmm. person i would like to meet uh john lennon Mm -hmm. uh, one of my favorite artists uh you know beatles right first to do a lot of many things in the music industry changed uh, i mean there's a lot of bands that wouldn't be around this to this day if it wasn't for uh, the Beatles, right? Mm-hmm. John Lennon specifically as one of the principal songwriters, um, very ahead of his time, uh, progressive too, um, during the the like hippie movement as well. Um, and yeah, that would those two people I would say were would be
1: the ones that I would like to meet.
0: All right, have some really good answers by you guys. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any pet peeves you want to tell us about?
1: Pet peeves in general, or like pet peeves regarding like more like the MBA program?
0: Uh, both. Uh, all, right.
1: Say, uh, all right. Okay, this is the case. This is the danger zone, Bobby. Yeah, This okay. is the Now, Bobby, I, w- I really want you to think hard and long before all right, all right. you all say I'll let you go first, then. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think, like, one of the things that sometimes frustrates me about... This isn't about this particular MBA program. It's more about just, like, business education in general, is that oftentimes, at least in marketing, what i found is that things... Things in, like, the business world like to be condensed into, like, very easy sound bites that don't really necessarily make a whole lot of sense. So, like, particularly in marketing, like, anything, any model that you view the world in or any, like, way that you would address a particular problem is, like, always through some sort of acronym of some sort. It's like, ah, remember the three C's, remember the four P's, remember the STAR method, remember, like, the ARIMA method. Like, it, like, it's never... Like, God only knows how many fantastic business models were thrown out because you couldn't shoehorn an acronym into it. <laughs> like, I mean, like, i give you an example of this. is like, so anyone that's listening to this will know what the, a star story is, mm-hmm. right? So anytime you interview, you always say a star story, which is situation, task, action, result. But really, when you think about it, why is it not just SAR, situation, action result that's really what people want to know they want to know what happened what did you do what was the result of what you did because well, if you this, call it the socks, task the task part makes no sense like that's like me telling a story it's like you know bobby uh the other day uh i was uh hungry that was the situation so i thought about making some food then i made <laughs> yeah. some food and now i'm no longer hungry it's like that doesn't make any sense like no one tells a story that way the only reason the tea is in there is because it makes star. an acronym "star." You can't make "sar" because "sar" is an important English I language. It, it,
2: maybe they added the "t" because "sar" "sars" is like that disease that you know, people <laughs> well, that try to try not to get. Wear uh, the, yeah, wear I mean, masks. And all, so. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, okay, so
1: that might so, be the reason. Yeah. So that that's like one thing that I'm just like, and like, and what's f- even more frustrating is like people live and die by the acronyms, like in the sense of like they will just like eat it hook, line, sinker. So I had an interview recently where. Like, the interviewer was like, okay, answer all the questions in a Star Story format. And I could see on her paper in front of me, she literally had the S, the T, the A, and the R. And so, I basically would have to, like, scream it at her, like, at every point, because she wouldn't move her pen until, like, I said it. So, I was like, the situation was this. And then, like, I'll be like, yeah, like, I had this situation. Like, the task was this. And then I could see her move her pen over Cause like on the first few questions we tried, like she wouldn't move her pen oh, and then yeah. like we have to go back and she had to write stuff <laughs> in and I'd be like, Oh my God, this is so insane. Yeah. So that, that was, <laughs> that's, that's kind of annoying for me.
2: Yeah. Uh, for me, I, you know, just to kind of build on that, um, I think one of the, I guess, I don't say annoying, maybe like a pet peeve something that just, I kind of noticed is that, you know, when you're interviewing and all that is like, sometimes you. You totally kill it in the interview and you're great and then you don't move on right mm-hmm. and then it's like you go and get advice right from your friends and from the career coaches and everyone and then they all tell you the same thing and it's oh it's just luck right so like to me that kind of it's like and i understand you know that's that's how it works right with like business and all that but it's just it's like you know it exists but it also it kind of bothers me because like you can't control that sometimes mm-hmm. so yeah that's like one of the things that bothers me can
0: okay. So after graduation, what are your plans? What are you going to do? Or what do you want to do basically in what kind of roles you want? What kind of location you're looking at? Things like that.
2: Yeah. uh, For me, I'm looking to get into uh, any finance role really. Um, I like to get into uh, any investment management uh, firm working with like maybe a hedge fund or something, but I know that's not very very likely, um, at least right off the bat. So, my target is at least just getting some corporate finance experience, right, and just working for um, like a big firm where mm-hmm. I can learn a lot about how uh, you know internal finances work uh, within a company. So that's that's my goal um, mm-hmm. when I graduate.
0: Okay. Any companies you've are down to? Uh,
2: not. I mean, I'm not really picky, to mm-hmm. be honest. Um, I could work for a really small company or like a really or a really large company. Um, for me, it's more about the quality of the experience that that I would like to get um and I feel like you can get that in any size firm um so
0: mm-hmm. yeah. and are you going back to Bank of america
1: yeah uh, so yeah, basically it's product management for uh, their consumer side, so uh selling loans uh or Really, like, there's a, there's a breadth of products I could be working on, so some of their digital banking stuff, either, or their auto loan, uh, like, you know, structuring, how to structure loans that we're going to sell to consumers, uh, their credit card department, stuff like that. Uh, that's one thing that kind of attracted me to Bank of America was, even though I wasn't super keen on the internship experience, like, the reality is, like, you can do so many different things, so it doesn't really necessarily mean that that's what you're going to be doing for the rest of your uh, experience at that company. So that, that was something that uh, kind of attracted me to them.
0: And where do you guys see yourselves 10 years from now? We're going to have our own
2: business, actually. Mm-hmm. Me and Ryan Kilcar. All right. And uh, it starts now, but we can't tell you what our business
0: is. You, you, don't, don't you, you out, have a name for the business? Uh, it's <laughs> top secret. <laughs> we have to... Trademark it first try not
2: to do anything illegal though uh, we'll see <laughs> hey i'm learning a lot about blockchain you know we do a lot of
0: different things with that that's sure um, so, so keep you... your eyes out for us in uh, 10 years yeah. okay once you guys graduate how how do you like your peers to remember you uh that's a good question
2: i mean for me i'd like to be remembered by two things the first thing is How I made them feel, right? And what that means is, as a person, as a friend, and all that. And, you know, I've taken a lot of time in this program to develop relationships with my peers and to, you know, help them, tutor them. And I want to be remembered by, you know, how I made them feel, right? In regards to did I make them feel more confident Mm -hmm. in their work? Did I make them feel good, you know, about just having, you know, good conversations or hanging out and making memories, you know. Um, and then the second thing would probably be just some of the crazy hot takes, uh, oh, Jesus, <laughs> that, that some of you may know of uh, that me and Ryan have come up with. Um, uh, maybe you know that I think that's fun, and fun, right? Mm-hmm. Something you remember you by.
0: Yeah. Well, you, Ryan. Uh,
1: I guess I guess for me, I mean, I'm probably like if, mainly I haven't gotten to know like every single person in this program exceptionally well, like. Uh, on a personal level. I think most people uh, that have not met me on a more personal level probably just know me from my uh, statements in class. Uh, So I would probably say that if there's like one thing that uh, I hope people remember me by is that uh, I don't really necessarily go along with the flow in terms of like, if like a teacher says something, uh, I just like eat it, hook, line, and sinker. Like, I think a lot of times problems in the business world exist because people go with the flow or they don't question assumptions or they don't say like, is that really true? Like Bob, that's one thing I love about Bobby, but I think that's why we were uh, such close friends. Is like, Bobby's always questioning things <laughs> to the <laughs> point where it doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> anymore. Just to cover all the pieces. Yeah. Right? I mean, so I mean, yeah. some of the Roxy overturns, I'm like, we're not even in the same <laughs> field anymore. Like,
2: <laughs> but that's a lesson for all you guys, all you children who are <laughs> listening. Um, You know, when you're in, I think when you're in class or in a business setting, be the contrarian, man. Like, just because someone's telling you something, even if they're a professor or whatever, yeah, sure. Like, or your boss. I mean, they have knowledge, right, of what they're teaching. Otherwise, they wouldn't be a teacher or your boss or whatever. But you should always question, you know, as why. Like, why is that the case?
0: Because the way to do things uh, keeps changing. Yeah. So it's not always. And it also
2: helps them. And I know that because, like, when I, like, talk. People stuff, you know, in the program or whatever it may be. You know, when people, I love it when people ask me why is that the case because it forces you to, you know, like really think about like, wait, am I teaching like is what I'm teaching? Do I actually believe in it? Do I believe that this is the case? Hmm. Right? So that's that's where I'm coming from. Yeah,
1: because I think like a lot of things. So like as I was kind of like hinting at earlier with like little star story stuff, like a lot of things in the business world, like they're not really, like, empirical facts in the sense of, like, they're based off of a lot of assumptions or sort of, like, a worldview that someone else has of, like, how things work. It's not not the equivalent of, like, the second law of thermodynamics where, you know, as an engineer, it's like, you you don't really get to question it. Mm -hmm. It is. (laughs) Like, it's like, yeah, but really is? No, it is. It It definitely is. is. (laughs) It's, like, Newton's first laws, those are just facts. (laughs) Like, things in the business world are not quite as... Rock solid, and so there's a lot of room for you to be able to question things or to use your own personal experience to be like, Well, you say it's like this, but let me tell you what actually happened when I tried to apply this, you know, because these things aren't necessarily they're like one person's worldview generally, but they aren't encapsulating what reality necessarily is,
2: yeah. I mean, because, like, to your point, what you said earlier is things are constantly changing, and by questioning, the status quo, you know, that's how you drive innovation. That's why we're the number one school in innovation. Mm-hmm. A
0: plug. Right there. <laughs> All right, this is kind of coming closer to the end. I just want to give you guys a couple minutes to plug something that you may be part of or organizing for the school in the coming months. Um, anything you're passionate about that you want other people to try.
2: Like so, 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 so
0: anything, anything that you. Like you've done, you've experienced in, yeah. you know, that others have. Like in this program? In this program or just generally? Or in know. general.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, for me, I would say go to everything that you can. Like I know people are like, oh, I have homework and, and all that. And yeah, I get it. Like we've been through the first year. We're almost graduated. We're second years. And um I'm a triple concentration, and I made it through, and I went to every <laughs> single social event. So my advice, if you haven't already, for those of you who are listening... Yeah, Bob, you basically, don't sleep. All right. That, that's a yeah, little okay. extreme. Okay. All, right, all, right. all, right, all right. Don't sleep. But but still, what I'm trying to say is build the memories with your classmates yeah. now. And the only way to do that is to hang out with them in in social settings because... At the end of the day, this is your network for the rest of your life, and people are going to remember you by the memories you make outside of the classroom rather than the ones you make inside.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a a very good answer. Uh, I guess my uh, my answer would be one of the things that I did uh, this last quarter slash semester was I uh, did tutoring for the statistics program for the first years, and I felt Like that was a really rewarding experience for myself. Uh, getting to impart some of my knowledge, uh, getting to you know teach things from a different perspective that they may have been getting from the class. I think a lot of students really took a lot of value from that, and I honestly also took a lot of value from it just because, uh, when you're teaching something versus just you know passively learning it, you're a lot more active in the process because you really need to like know how to explain things in multiple different ways, you can't just you know say it like the way the teacher said it, you have to say it in all kinds of different ways because maybe a student doesn't necessarily get it the way the teacher said it. So actually having a really deep understanding of what you're talking about is really critical at that point. Uh, so that was something that, you know, re-reviewing statistics is something I, you know, I did really well in that class my first year, but after re-reviewing it, I was like, wow, there's a lot of things I like didn't actually understand now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I
2: mean, I, I agree with Ryan on that too. Just To just add okay. on to that, um, I did a little bit of tutoring myself in more of a smaller group settings with some of the first years. Um, and, you know, we like to call it the B for Bobby sessions. Um, oh if you couldn't handle the hardcore Ryan, going to get you an A in the class, you get by in the bare minimum by coming to the B for Bobby B sessions. For Bobby sessions. <laughs> so, <laughs> so for those of you who are thinking of, you know, maybe tutoring and to help you learn more, to help your classmates learn more, just uh, know that there are different levels of uh, understanding So. So you did, can do did it. you
0: survey those people after to see if they got bees or... uh no i didn't i should though <laughs> right okay so how should people get in touch with you if they want to talk to you where are you most active on social media you want to give out your email address
2: yeah um so i'm not really on social media i mean people make fun of me in this program for like being an old man I only I, I have a facebook but i don't go on it that much um i mean it's i would say if you want to reach me like yeah add me on facebook but um, you can you know, email me at rmyap@asu.edu at asu.edu. Um, and my phone number, I don't know if I should give that out Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. 707-344-2862. Okay.
1: Yeah, probably the best way to reach me is by email. So that's
0: rkelcar@asu.edu at asu.edu. So yes, this has been a fun experience doing <laughs> two people at the same time. <laughs> uh, so thanks everyone for listening and yeah. we'll keep coming up with more people. Thank All right. you. All right. Thanks guys. Thanks. You can definitely see the camaraderie between these two. I hope they keep seeing the lighter side of things as they grow in their careers past their MBA. For those who've listened to this episode, thank you very much. We'll keep bringing you more. So until next time, goodbye and peace.